Good morning. It is great having you here today. This is the last sermon in this series that we're calling Soils. It's taken from, from the story that Jesus told in Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, sometimes that, that parable is called the, the parable of the sower. We call it the parable of the soils. In your Reader's Digest version, if you're, if you're new today, if this is your first Sunday, let me pick you up to speed. The, the sower just kind of flings the seeds uh, willy-nilly out. The seeds represent the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, the message of Jesus. The sower is Jesus ultimately, but it's you and I, whoever shares the good news of Jesus Christ. And the soils, that's where our focus has been, the soils represent our receptivity to the gospel. And there's a different levels of receptivity to the gospel message of Jesus Christ in the story that Jesus tells. There's the pathway people, and the path is hard, right? The path is, is, has been trampled on, it's been walked over, it's hard. And so the seeds, the message of Jesus, the seeds get tossed onto the, the hard path and it can't penetrate the soil because the soil is so hard. And it just sits there until some birds or something comes along, eats it and takes it off. And the message Jesus is trying to teach through that is just, uh, sometimes life can become hard. Sometimes we can become hard by the circumstances of life. Sometimes through no fault of our own. But don't allow your heart, your soul, your being to be hardened by life. Some of those seeds fall in rocky soil. We talked about that. Actually, Pastor Tyler preached that sermon. And, and, and that's, that's soil that the, the seed goes in, penetrates. A little sprout comes up. Looks like it's doing okay, but it's rocky soil underneath. Shallow. Can't move. Can't grow. And so because it can't grow, because it's in that shallow soil, the sun comes out, scorches the plant, it dies. And the lesson Jesus is trying to make in that story is it's so easy to become shallow. It's so easy to allow the problems of this old world with our shallow, shallow faith to, to spoil us, to ruin us, to scorch us, to burn us. I have a friend in, in seminary, back when I was in seminary, <laughs> too many years ago for me to remember, he was a great student, probably the best in our class. If I told you his name, you, you old-time Nazarenes would recognize his last name because his, his folks, his grandparents even, were, were pillars in the Church of the Nazarene. And he was sharp, super sharp. And I don't know what happened. I, 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 somewhere along the line... Uh, Somebody said something, somebody did something, something happened. And his faith, even though he was a seminary student, even though he was from this great, great family, his faith becomes scorched and burned. And even though he was there, it was shallow. And you can have shallow faith even if you're in church every single Sunday of the year. <laughs> and his faith was shallow and burned. I remember when I was still living in Kansas City, one, one Easter, I called him up. Uh, he was a friend of mine, right? So I called him up, and he hadn't been in church in years. And I said, hey, I was just thinking about you, praying for you. I was wondering, would you, would you and your family, you'd like to come to church? And his very first response to me was, did my dad tell you to call me? I said, no, no. And he really hadn't. I hadn't seen his dad. I said, no, I was just thinking of you. I was praying for you. I was really hoping that you would come. You know, it's Easter. Everybody needs to come to Easter. And he said, maybe. He was kind. He wasn't rude. He said, Maybe. I looked and I looked and looked at Easter, but he didn't show up. Shallow faith 
leads to scorched. The, the, the third seed fell in the weedy soil, the thorny soil. We talked about that, how, how life can become full of so many distractions. And, and, and the seed goes in there and it grows, it gets roots, but there's weeds all around it and the weeds suck up the nutrients just like in your garden. And when the weeds are sucking up the nutrients, the, the plant that's growing, it can't be productive. Nothing can really grow. That's what the seed's purpose is, right? You plant a pumpkin seed, you want to have pumpkins. But if all it does is grow a vine, if it's not producing pumpkins, then it's not fulfilling its purpose. And I know so many people down through the years who, who have faith, they've, they've grown in, but they're so distracted. Jesus said, don't be distracted by the cares of this worry world or the deceitfulness of wealth. And if you were here last Sunday, we used the example of, of Solomon who had it all, right? He had everything you could imagine, greater wealth than any of us could ever imagine. And yet, it didn't end well for Solomon, right? Because those distractions, those weeds, they will rob you of that joy. But then we're up to today, the last sermon in the series. Woohoo! The good soil, yes! And Jesus says this about the seed that falls in the good soil. It's in Matthew 13, verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on the good soil, yippee, is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Man, I want want to be the 100 yield guy. I don't even want to be the 30 or 60. I want to be the 100 year old guy. I want to be the guy that's totally, totally, 100%, totally, I want to be the 100 year old guy. But how does that happen? How do you become that? Well, obviously, you can't be the pathway person. You can't be the, the, you know, the shallow faith person. You can't be the one who's distracted by all the weeds of life. No, no, no. I want to be the 100 year old guy. And it's easy, it's easy when we're in here. You know, I would say behind stained glass windows, but we don't have any stained glass windows in here. It's easy in here in the sanctuary to make all sorts of problems. Yeah, I'm going to be a hundred-year-old guy. Oh, you got me. I'm going to be a hundred-year-old guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to be a hundred-year-old guy. It's easy to make those promises when we're in here. We're surrounded by other Christians. Life is all right, you know. But out there in the real world, and there's frustrations and angry people and pandemic still going on and everyone's still bouncing all over here and there regarding that. Ah. It's easy to, to fall short and to be the hundred-year-old guy or gal. It's hard. It's hard to be that that person that produces, that constantly produces. Although history tells us they're out there. There's believers right now in Afghanistan. I think they're, you know, you can't be a shallow Christian when, when martyrdom is on the line. You can't be a shallow Christian when trouble comes and it's like, it's either, it's either I'm in or I'm out. Oh, there's plenty of examples down through history of those hundred-year-old people. But it doesn't make it easy. So how do we do it? 
What's the key? What's the key to being that productive, productive believer, the person in the good soil, in that deep, deep, dark, rich soil? What does it take? Well, Jesus tells us. It's in John chapter 15, one of my favorite passages. If you have your Bible, you can turn over there. John 15, let me set the table for John 15. Uh, Jesus is talking just to his disciples. This isn't the Sermon on the Mount, lots of people. This isn't, you know, after he fed the 5,000, lots of people. No, this is just Jesus and the 12. And this is on the night that he's betrayed. He's going to be arrested in a few hours. But remember who he's talking to, these, these 12 men. They have given up everything. They've been with Jesus for three years. I've often thought, wouldn't it be great to be a disciple and, and to be with Jesus for those, those three years and see Jesus, you know, uh, work miracle after miracle, feed 5,000 people, raise the dead for crying out loud, have, have lame people walking away, have blind people seeing all of those wonderful things, hearing all those tremendous words. Wouldn't it have been great to be a disciple? And these guys are all in, Peter, James, John. Andrew, they left their boats to follow Jesus. Matthew left his tax collector booth. The others, probably working class guys, they left their carpentry shop or, their, or whatever they were doing all to follow Jesus. They're all in. You can't get more all in. But, but we know what's going to happen. In just a few hours, they're all going to take off. We have the, 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 the ability to look back and see what happened to these guys that were all in. They take off. And so Jesus is talking to them. And, and he's telling them what it takes to be that good soil person in John 15. This is what he says. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off the branch that bears no fruit. But every fr branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So that it will be even more fruitful. That's what we want. We want to be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. And then, and then well, let me stop before we get to verse 4. four. That's, the, that's, that's where we really want to handle. And so let me just um, give you this Bible reading tip. When you're reading the Bible, and you're going through, and you're reading, I don't know, six, seven verses, and the same theme comes up, I don't know, three or four times, you can think, oh, God's probably trying to teach me something in these six, seven verses. Or if you're reading the Bible, I don't know, seven, eight verses, and you come across the same thing uh, seven, eight times, you think, wow, this is really important. God is really trying to teach me something. But if you're reading the Bible, I don't know, six, seven, eight verses, and you come across the thing, the same theme, the same theme, let's just take a wild guess, 11 times, then I think you can safely assume, wow, God is really, 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 say that really 11 times, trying to teach me something. Guess what happens in these seven, eight verses. The same thing comes up 11 times. So, in order for us to really get it, oh boy, I don't know if this is going to Did anyone bring rotten tomatoes to throw at the preacher today? No one? Great. Okay, then we're going to do it. I didn't want to have to dodge fruit. Um, let's say uh, you all, right here, let me see. We'll cut it in here. All right, all of you, this half, this half, you all, this is, think, think vacation Bible school, think uh, hallow, hallow, praise you, Lord. Although I don't think I'll make you do calisthenics. You can just stay seated while we do it. But you're the remain, okay? You're the remain people, and you on this side, and everybody in the balcony are the in me, or in you, or in the vine, or in him people. Got it? You understand the rules? We got to practice, because it's early. 
I'm going to say one, two, three. You say remain, and then you say in me. You got it? All right. I, don't, I, I think you're sleepy still. Here we go. One, two, three. Remain. You can do that better, but we'll try it. And then you? Remain. We're going to do it faster, though. Re- okay, perfect. Let's read. Verse four. Here we go. No, see, when I say here we go, and you say remain, when the very first word in, in the verse is remain, then that's, 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 that's your cue. And whenever you see the word remain, uh, that's your cue. And then when they say remain, you say, well, sometimes in me, and sometimes in you, and sometimes in the vine, but you get the idea. All right, let's start all over again, because, well, you did bad. Here we go. Verse four. Oh, perfect. And I will... Oh, perfect. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must... Oh, that was tricky, but you got it. Neither can you bear fruit unless you... Well, it's in me. Does it say in the vine? It's supposed to be in me up there in the tech booth. Here we go. This is so difficult. It's, I don't even remember where we left off. I'll start with verse 5. Hopefully we get it. I'm in the vine and you are the branches. If a man... In me, there we go, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not... In me, in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such a branch are picked up, thrown into the fire, and are burned. But if you... And my word... Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. This is my Father's glory, so that you will bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you now. Oh, perfect. If you obey my commandments, you will. Perfect. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and in his love. But close enough. Verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. What's the key to being good soil people? Remaining in Jesus. Staying close to Jesus. And you see what happens when we're good soil people? Look at this. When we're good soil people, we're fruitful. Verse 5, I'm in the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. That's what we're called to do. Remember the, 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 the seed in the weeds, it doesn't bear any fruit. The seed on the, on the, in the rocks, it doesn't bear any fruit. The seed in the, on the pathway, for sure, it doesn't bear any fruit. No, we are called to bear fruit. Good soil. And when we're good soil, we will bear much. When we are remaining in Jesus, we will bear much fruit. I met with a college student a few years now, several years ago now. He was smart, number one in this class. He, he could gone to practically any, he, he scored, what was it, uh, uh, the, the top ACT score, the top SAT score. Smart. An engineering student. And, and he went with us on a mission trip. And God spoke to this kid on this mission trip. And he came back, he was all fired up and... And I met with him. And before, before the mission trip, he was going to, you know, he was going to be the next, I don't know, Steve Jobs or something. He was going to be this, you know, multi-billion zillionaire. And I met with him. And he said, Pastor, God spoke to me on the mission trip. 
and he said, I, I can't preach. He didn't, he didn't ask me to preach. And he said, I sure can't sing. He didn't ask me to sing. But he asked me to go and help people. And that's what I want to do. I just want to help people. And I said, well, you might, not, you might not be a million zillionaire if you do that. He goes, I don't care about that anymore. I said, and you, you might not be where your classmates are. I mean, you're the top of the class. You might not, you might not, not do all the things that your class... He goes, I don't care about that. He said, I just want to go. I just want to help people. Last I heard, that, that young man is teaching in the inner city of New York City in some of the most troubled high school in the country. You know, he's good soil, man. He's following after Jesus. He couldn't preach, he couldn't sing, but he was really good in math and science. And God called him. He's not on any missionary record book, but he's a missionary. He's good soil. Good soil people not only are fruitful, good soil people are effective in prayer. Do you see that in verse 7? It says this, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. Lord, oh Lord, don't you make me a millionaire? Oh, wouldn't you buy, remember that old song, would you buy me a Mercedes Benz? Remember that? My friends all have Porsches, I must make them. And that's not the point. When you remain in Jesus, and he remains in you, then your will and his will line up. And your desires and his desires line up. And when your desires and his desires line up, and your, de- and, and your will and his will line up, and you ask for something in prayer because it's, it's in God's will, and you're remaining in him, guess what happens? Your prayers are powerful and effective. Your prayers touch heaven. Your prayers are strong and powerful. Who doesn't want to have strong and powerful prayers? We all do. Of course we do. It's being good soil it's remaining in jesus so good soil people are fruitful and good soil people are effective in prayer and good soil people verse nine oh they are in love with jesus as the father has loved me so i have loved you now remain in my love i talk too much about my dad you know so forgive me my dad's been in heaven for 11 years he served Jesus for 50. Became a Christian at 33, died at 83. He was so in love with Jesus. You know, from a fall through the door drunk, terrible father, terrible husband, to wonderful father, wonderful husband, follower of Jesus. He was so in love with Jesus. When he retired from the Ford Motor Company, he didn't just retire from life. He then started working in the inner city of Detroit, going to a a center for, for disadvantaged children and, and a learning center. And he worked there for several years. And even the, the day he found out he had, or the day he learned he was having problems with pancreatic cancer, he was driving a truck, which he did every, every month, at least once a month, from Plymouth up to the east side mission in Flint, taking stuff there. And on that trip is when he realized that there was something seriously wrong with him. He literally, he literally spent his in, his last 50 years just so in love with Jesus and it so showed even when he was in the hospital even when he was dying the nurses would come in and and they would talk to him you know and here he's got this terrible prognosis sir you have cancer you have three months to live you have three weeks to live and and so he knew it right 
And he would tell people, every nurse, my dad, every nurse, every doctor, every, everybody that came in the room, he'd say, well, I'm going home. And they'd say, well, sir, I don't know if you're, you're going home. And he'd say, no, I'm going home. I'm either, and he'd point up or he'd point, I don't know which direction, I'm, I'm direction. He'd point west, which was, he lived in Garden City. He'd, so he'd say, I'm either going home to heaven or home to Garden City. Either way, I'm going home. And he was perfectly fine with that. Why? Because he was so in love with Jesus. Jesus had so transformed his life. Good soil people, they're fruitful, they're effective in prayer, they are deeply in love with Jesus. Good soil people, verse 10, they're obedient. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remain in his love. It's doing what Jesus says to do. So often, especially when we're in the weeds, when we're in the shallow, when we've got rocks, you know, when we're on the pathway, uh, we want to do what we want to do. We want to go where we want to go. We want to spend our money the way we want to spend our money. Hey, it's our money. But when we're good soil people, we obey Jesus. We obey him and we go where he wants us to go and we do what he wants us to do and we spend how he wants us to spend. That's what good soil people do. Good soil people, verse 11, says this, if good soil people are over, I have told you this so that your joy may be in you, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Don't you want that? We're talking about being good soil today. Don't you want your joy to be complete? If any of you have ever gone on a mission trip, some third world country, if you've gone with us to Panama, and you're driving in Panama, and sometimes we go, you know, we land in Panama City, which is beautiful, a sparkling city. Panama gets a lot of money from the canal. But you don't have to drive very far outside of Panama City to see folks that don't, take, don't get the advantage of the canal. And we've been in some pretty poor areas. In fact, we've been in areas where they're, you know, thatched roofs, wearing traditional clothing. But you go into some of those poor areas, and those folks are living in, in houses smaller than your garage. They don't have a car. They don't have much of anything. Although one time we were in, a, in I mean, the poorest of the poor area, and we walked by this little hut that had nothing, nothing, nothing. I didn't think it had electricity, but it did because they had a 50-inch TV inside. And I thought, wow, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. <laughs> so they don't have much of what you have. They may have a 50-inch TV. <laughs> But some of those people, you go to church with them on Sunday and they experience, they're experiencing, they're overflowing with joy. They don't have any of the things that we say we have to have to have happiness. Guess what? You don't have to have those things to have happiness. And they experience joy and they love Jesus and they are just happy and praising the Lord. And, and sometimes I am put to shame by their joy and the joy they have and the faith they have and the prayers they pray. And it's like, Lord, man, oh man. Am I in the weeds or what? They are overflowing with joy. So fruitful, fruitful, good soil people are fruitful. They're effective in prayer. They, they love, they're in love with Jesus. They're obedient. They're overflowing with joy. And I saved the best for last. I should have read this first. I started with verse 5 instead of verse 4. Verse 4 is really the key verse. And I started, it says this, Remain in me and I'll remain in you. Good soil people are secure. Good soul. It's not he loves me, he loves me not. 
good soil people know, man, I can be going through the deepest, darkest storm. Everything can be going south. The world around me may be falling apart, but I have Jesus. I am rock solid in Jesus. And the winds can blow and the rains can come, but I am rock solid. Remain in me and I will remain in you. I don't know if Jesus is an iPhone person or an Android person. I don't know which phone he would have, but I know this. Uh, your picture would be on his lock screen and his home screen. If he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. When you are remaining in him and he and you, you can trust, you can rely, you can relax, you can be in Jesus. That's the point. Jesus wants you to be good soul people. Can I say it just as flat as that? And I guess I told you in week one, you've probably forgotten it by now. Don't assume you're good soil people. And maybe, maybe, maybe this Sunday, this last Sunday of this series, we need to, I don't know, be an inspector from the Department of Agriculture and check out our soil and see what we are. Are you a pathway person? Has your life become packed down? Has people trampled over you and walked over you and life has been hard? Listen, if your life has been hard, if people have walked over you, and hurt you. If people have troubled you and it's just been a lot. Let me say two things. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you've had to go through that. I'm sorry you've had to deal with that. But don't stay hard. Let Jesus come in and till up that soil. Let Jesus come in and break up those, that hard path. Let Jesus make you soft. He can do it.